Welcome to the Practice Brave Podcast. I am the host, Brianna Battles, founder of Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism and CEO of Everyday Battles. I'm a career strength and conditioning coach, entrepreneur, mom of two wild little boys, and a lifelong athlete. I believe that athleticism does not end when motherhood begins, and this podcast is dedicated to coaching you by providing meaningful conversations, insights, and interview topics related to fitness, mindset, parenting, and of course, all the nuances of pregnancy and postpartum. From expert interviews to engaging conversations and reflections, this podcast is your trustworthy, relatable resource for learning how to practice brave through every season in your life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Practice Brave podcast. I am at recording another walk and talk podcast episode because honestly, I feel like when I move, I can communicate what I want to say a lot more efficiently and to be honest, a lot more vulnerably. I don't know why, but that just tends to be a system that works well for me. So this episode, we're going to be talking a lot about athlete brain as the main theme that runs through this. And for me, it has been something that has been a lot more exposed recently um, than it has in a long time. Now, I talk a lot about athlete brain. So for those who don't know what that is, that's a, a term that I coined God, probably like nine years ago after I had my son and was like really kind of in this desperate attempt to get my body and my brain back. And anytime I would communicate with different practitioners and professionals, you know, I said, well, like I have like this athlete brain, like I'm, I'm really competitive and driven and passionate. I'm really disciplined in my training. All of this means a lot to me. And this has been, this is just part of who I am as a person and how likely a lot of you may identify. I was, grew up doing sports and that was just ingrained in me to think an athlete, to live like an athlete, to train like that um, and have a lifestyle that just really supports that deep levels of intrinsic motivation. For some people, they're just more naturally, uh, they just kind of naturally have those attributes. And for others, they are developed over time. Then, of course, there's like a combination of these things. So I want you to just think like really passionate, driven, sometimes a type A personality, stubborn, sometimes a major ego attached to it. We think that we are exempt from a lot of things and um, like the exception to the rule. And again, this can serve us really well. This successful people have variations of athlete brain, right? They're really disciplined, really motivated. Um, and with that, obviously comes some toxic behavior patterns and thoughts. And we see a lot of that come up during pregnancy and postpartum. So that's why I started addressing it because I realized that it's not just saying like, do this or don't do that. It's understanding the human that you're communicating to. Because if you tell somebody, they can't run anymore. A runner's going to be like, screw you. I'm going to keep running because I, I love running, even if I'm in pain, even if I'm experiencing this, right? So we got to know how to like level with people, how to communicate with them and how to improve their overall life and experience so that athletes like you, athletes like me can pursue this lifetime of athleticism, even if it looks different, even if it evolves because it will <laughs> over time. Um, giving ourselves a lot of grace to evolve and change and adapt without having 
these rigid expectations or belief systems attached to our body, aesthetics, performance, outputs, capacity, whatever it might be. So I want to start with acknowledging that piece of like what it is and some of the experiences um, that helped shape why it's something I talk a lot about in my work. Now, for those of you who don't know, I just competed in a big jujitsu tournament. It was one of the biggest jujitsu tournaments you actually can compete in. It was Masters Worlds in Las Vegas. And it was my third competition ever. Athlete brain is sometimes also reflected in like this overconfidence, like full send sort of behavior of um, like just kind of assuming like, well, why, why not compete there, right? Um, it was a really humbling experience and honestly, a really great learning experience, not just from the competition itself, but because of the training that went into it. I'd say like six months, but then like three months of like really intense training to try to prepare for this big competition. Well, I ended up losing, which is fine. The girl was definitely better than me and had a heck of a lot more competition experience than me. That's for sure. And I kind of had defaulted saying like, well, like I know how to compete. Like I know how to lose. I know how to win. Like I know the anxiety attached to that, but competing in jujitsu is a totally, totally different sort of experience. So athlete brain is again, that sort of like that assurance and that confidence and that go for it attitude. And again, that's, that, that takes us a lot of really good places. And I'm really proud that that is the root of what, you know, that there is that level of confidence and why not? Like that is being able to practice brave is kind of jumping in before we're ready to jump. And athletic maturity is looking at that and saying, okay, I actually probably need more competition experience at more like local levels or like just less um, high pressure environments, right? Just got to get in those reps. Like I know that coach brain knows that. And so that's one example of like noticing athlete brain tendencies and then being able to reflect on it either in the moment or after about like, okay, well, what is maybe the more mature way to go about this or a different way to go about this? Like was my choices and my training and all of this, was this in alignment with like that desperation to prove something to myself or to prove something? to other people or was it rooted in just truly trying to get better? And for me, it really was about the experience. I wanted to put myself through that process. I think to be super transparent, I am done having babies. I'm not in that season of life anymore, but I coach a lot of people who want to return to a baseline of fitness or a baseline of high level performance. And I coach other people on how to coach that population. It's really easy to lose touch of that. It's really easy to preach it. It's really easy to preach athletic maturity. And like, and I say enlightenment, that's probably like an extreme word, but just like less attachment to outcome or aesthetics or performance and all these things, right? But I also think that there's room to put yourself into the arena quite literally and remember what it's like to have performance goals. Remember what it's like to want to improve your training and get back to something or to improve something. And that's where a lot of people are coming from during pregnancy. Like they've maybe been competing in CrossFit or, you know, doing CrossFit a lot or doing triathlons a lot or 
you know, they've been, they've done jujitsu or MMA or they've done something really consistently. And now pregnancy is kind of putting a pause to that or it looks so different. And that can be a really hard thing to sit in. And now you've had this baby, your whole life has changed. You're going through this transition physically, mentally, emotionally. Plus there's a whole new human to get used to. Your life has changed. Your routine has changed. Every single thing about your life changes for every single baby that you have. So you're in these seasons where you desperately like want to get back. You also desperately want to find something that's new and yours again, that you can claim to feel more like yourself. And there's a lot of like that desperation attached to that. You just, you want that piece of you again, or you want to recreate that piece of you. You want to have that. And it's really hard when you're in certain seasons of life, definitely certain seasons of motherhood where that's put on hold or just looks different. And that's not, I want to be really, really clear here. I say that like, I'm kind of on the other side of that because my kids are a little bit older now. I saw little kids. And when they were little, little babies and toddlers, like I was still training a lot. I was working out a lot, but it just had to look different. My relationship with my body had to look different. There was a lot of variables that happened during those early, early years of motherhood with my body, with my brain, with my lifestyle, just that we're really hard to navigate. And so what fitness looks like for me now is so different than what it looked like prior even though it's always been a part of my life, how it is incorporated into my life, even the type of fitness. <laughs> like I wasn't doing jujitsu back then. I was not even on my radar. No way. I couldn't, I personally could not start jujitsu until chance, my youngest started going to preschool like twice a week where I knew I'd at least have like a three hour block where I wasn't on mom duty, you know, like that's what it took for me to even consider exploring something new. Um, you know, there was years and years and there still are it's still, this is still my life where kids are involved in my workouts and at jujitsu, you know what? They're still there. They're still involved, but it's being able to acknowledge like adjusting our mindset and our expectations around what we should or should not be able to do during certain seasons of life. And that's why athlete brain and our mindset during some of these seasons has to be less rigid and has to be so much more adaptable. And that's where the athletic maturity piece comes into play. But again, that can be really, really hard to figure out. And I thought that after I've, hey, I've had babies, I've had surgery, I've had like serious mental health setbacks, like a lot of life changes. I've moved states. There's been so many things that have sort of derailed um, or felt like it really derailed my relationship with my body or my fitness training, um, et cetera, all while building out this business. And while athlete brand the discipline to keep doing something and to, you know, maybe my focus couldn't be a hundred percent on fitness, but well, that it was a hundred percent on the babies or it was a hundred percent on, um, building the business. Like, right. We have to kind of allocate where that energy goes, where those efforts go. And so maybe fitness is less, but it's still there. So even for us really disciplined people, where it's a big part of my life, it's significantly attached to my career, it does have to look different. And that's when I started realizing that it's about leveraging athlete brain to work for you, 
not against you. And so instead of the rigidity and the harsh discipline, it's saying, you know what, like, it's okay if I don't do my 6am workout, but I am going to work out later because I was up all night with a baby, or it's okay that I'm missing, um, that I can't go to the class as much as I used to like to go to class, but I am going to go at least these two days a week. Like that I am going to do, I'm going to figure that out no matter what it, no matter what it takes. So it's being able to have discipline, but really an adaptable discipline approach to our athlete brain. Because again, like you, like me, that is part of who we are. And it can become so self-sabotaging and really freaking depressing when, when you feel like you're not meeting your own expectations or the expectations of others, or there's a comparison that you have to you versus another, maybe another mom or another athlete. And I have people talk to me about that all the time, especially the professional athletes I work with. They're like, well, I know this other woman in my sport came back and did a marathon, did a triathlon, did a fight, did whatever it might be at three months postpartum or at six months postpartum. And they're like using that as a benchmark instead of knowing that everybody's on their own, <laughs> their own journey. And as like lame as that may sound, it is true. We all have to have our own process and figure out, um, like be willing to surrender and change and adapt and knowing, know that like higher levels of performance and output, that's not off the table. It might look different for a while, but it is not off the table. So to connect all of this, I went through a really intense training camp for about three months in particular. It was over the course of a longer amount of time, but the intensity and volume of it really kicked up this summer. So there was a weight cut involved um, over, say, about 15 pounds total done very gradually over time. I couldn't do any like water manipulation or anything like that because I had to weigh in with the gi on right before the competition. So like I couldn't be depleted. So weight cut was part of it. A lot of volume of, of training, of doing classes. And none of that would have been possible in earlier seasons of life. And I really had to tap back into athlete brain in order to run a business, <laughs> run my family, um, and have that level of like output and discipline to my training where it was a high learning curve of trying to get better at jujitsu, um, really getting my body to do what it needed to do to perform um, and to go through that process of training. Like I really had to dial into the, we're getting disciplined, we're going hard. There's not as much room for, <laughs> for grace and adapt as much adaptability because right now is time to push. Like there's a lot that I had to do in order to be ready to compete at that level. So I really did have to tap back into that athlete brain where there was a lot more rigidity to my schedule and a lot more sacrifices made that in other normal seasons, I wouldn't, um, I would have to have a lot more flexibility, whether it was because, well, I have, I have to prioritize work more, or I actually have to take Kay to his practice instead of me going to mine, whatever it might be. Um, so it was knowing that I had to leverage seasons this season to be a lot more like rigid for myself. Uh, and that was interesting because I had realized that I had, because I think when you're a mom and you got a lot of other shit going on in life, like it can't just all be about you, at least not in my world. Like I, and I don't want it to be either. I want to be a high performer in every aspect of my life. And that's what I wish more people could understand about athlete brain is 
We know that it fuels more than just our athletic performance. But when we have it so centered on what we want our bodies to look like, so centered on how much weight we want to lose, how much weight we want to lift, how much faster we want to get, how many CrossFit classes we can get in a week, how many races we want to do in a year or whatever. Like we get so rigid with that, that when you're focused on being a high performer, just in this like athletic output first, like pursuit, it does not allow you to be as high of a performer in other aspects of your life. I want to be a high performance person for my kids. I want to be involved in part of as many things as possible with them and show up for them in every single way. These years are way too freaking precious. And I know that um, because I do, I spend a lot of time talking about this stuff and now reflecting back on when they were babies. And I'm telling you, it does not seem that long ago. And when I think about my business, I want to be a high, I want to be a high performer in my business. It is the gold standard and I want to keep it that way. I want to keep, like, I want to stay ahead of the game. I want to be doing like really significant, important work and grow that um, beyond what anyone could, could imagine. I care a lot about that. You know, there's a lot of different avenues of life that I want to be a high performer in. I want to channel that into continually improving my marriage, improving our family dynamic, improving my own growth and self-development, which extends so far beyond athletic output, right? Like I'm going to therapy once a week because I know that is part of what it's going to mean to be like a high performer across all aspects of my life cannot just be channeled into like jujitsu or any given sport or fitness or, you know, body, body-based goal. And so when you think about athlete brain and when it's really easy to go down this spiral of wanting to center around athletic goals or what you used to do or what you wish you'd be able to do or what you used to look like or what you want to look like, all these, these different narratives that can just be so self-sabotaging. I want you to think about channeling and leveraging that athlete brain into other aspects of your life. Because we can't always, it cannot always be a performance-based attribute. Let it like influence other aspects of your life. Sorry, walking by a dog who's very excited to see me. We have to let our athlete brain influence a lot of other aspects of our life, not just performance, because when it is dialed so harshly into one thing, it does take away from other things. I've been guilty of that plenty of times. And I was able to recognize that through this own season. We're like, okay, I'm making a lot of sacrifices in my life right now to go full athlete brain, high discipline, high output mentally, physically, emotionally into training for this. And I also recognize that it's taking away from other things that also demand a lot of attention. I'm not allocating as much as I normally would or would like to, but also it's a temporary season. It's not where I was going to stay, not where I'm going to live. And now we create more balance. So for myself in this season of life, it's saying, okay, I'd still like to compete. Maybe I'll do that once a quarter, or I'll find certain tournaments that I think would be really positive for me. I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. I'd still like to compete, but it's not going to be a main focus like it was these last few months. And it's saying, I'm shifting into a different season of business. What does that need to look like? Okay, here are the priorities here and what I need to channel really hardcore into that. And then it's looking at my kids. What do they have going on right now? 
how can I show up for them and be really high performer in that aspect? And so it's like going through these main categories of my life and saying, how can we be a high performer there? (laughs) When you were in the trenches of like little babies, for example, being a high performer might be, I'm going to like really try to fuel my body and get as much sleep as possible. I'm really going to try to prioritize that. I'm going to get in a walk and I'm going to work out twice this week, you know, or I'm going to do this rehab program. Like, because all these little things can feel so overwhelming. So you got to pick only a couple of them and then commit to them, make those things a habit. So then you are, you are still channeling that athlete brain and being a high performer when you're in a challenging season of life, but you're just kind of renegotiating what that actually looks like to yourself. What we see a lot with our, with athlete brain is again, sort of assuming that we can like that we're able to do more than we actually could or what than what our level of what I call like athletic readiness, but also life readiness is. Does my lifestyle, my current lifestyle support my ability to do X, Y, or Z? Right now in this season of life, yeah, my lifestyle did allow me to pour a lot more time and volume and intensity into training, but that would not have been the case a few years ago at all, not even possible. Um, it just had to look different. And what's ironic is I am sharing this and a mom with a baby running it with her stroller just ran past me while my kids are at school. She's having to make her fitness work right now as she runs with her baby. And like, I, that was not that long ago. So she's renegotiating it, right? Like, She's probably not running as fast as she normally would. She probably doesn't have the same sort of ability to just check out as I do if I were to go on a run right now, but she's still doing it. She's renegotiated what it looks like to do something for herself, even if it's not her ideal circumstance. And that is something that recently my sister had a baby and we, I've talked about this before, but you know, she's also athlete brain, really driven, really successful woman. and she was in the trenches of trying to figure out like, well, you know, this, the expectation versus the reality, right? Like her expectation of, well, it should be doing this. We should be doing that. And like really easy to spiral there because you're used to, if I do this, then this is, then I'm going to get X result. Right. But nothing about motherhood works that way. And you have to be able to sit in the reality of like, well, maybe that's like my ideal, (laughs) my ideal nap schedule, my ideal routine, my ideal, whatever it might be, but this is my reality. And when you have little babies, your reality changes all the time. So that's why being able to be really adaptable in your, um, with your athlete brain and recognizing where it shows up and how it shows up in different aspects of your life is so crucial to like actually being happy and finding and creating this lifetime of athleticism because a lifetime of athleticism is not created through rigid discipline. It's created through adaptable discipline. And I wish that more people could honor that, could recognize that, and then could leverage it into the categories that they need to leverage it in for the time being. Again, when you're in the trenches of early motherhood, you're leveraging your high performance pursuits and efforts into very different categories than what like I would be leveraging mine into right now, right? 
and nothing is permanent. We know that, but it's so hard to see the forest through the trees when you are in certain seasons. And this doesn't just pertain to little kids. This is just like life happening, right? Like there's a lot of life things that come up in events that kind of derail us or, or change our routine, change our ability to, you know, be as disciplined. I, what started a lot of this is when we moved to Idaho, I knew I needed to focus on just like, I'm just being happy and adapting to a new state and exploring, not worrying about my body or my fitness as much. Like I just needed to focus on becoming a better person, getting my family acclimated, like just trying to figure out a whole new life transition. And after that, I didn't, I didn't really like how I looked or felt. I was like, all right, like this is good. I'm in a much better place than I was in, but also like I, I see that in my body and I don't like how I look and feel. So let's, let's start to change that. And then competition came on the horizon. So again, there's different seasons where we have to like have less discipline and then seasons where we need a lot more discipline. Um, And that's how we can really leverage athlete brain. That's how we can tap into having more athletic maturity as we go through these processes where we know when to give ourselves grace. We know when we need to kick in the ass and you just get better at that. And nothing, no amount of output or like a lot of capacity or less capacity is permanent. So where you are now is not where you are going to stay. And I knew, again, for myself, reflecting on this recent experience, that hey, like I have summer where I'm going to be, I'm going to pour a lot into my training and then trying to get better jujitsu in preparation for this competition. My kids weren't in school, so they, they were with me a lot, but you know, like that was fine. I knew I could handle, I was in a, a mindset where I could handle doing a weight cut and it didn't feel toxic. It was actually really healing in a lot of ways to learn about my body in a healthful, sustainable way. It was a season where my kids didn't have sports. So like my life wasn't revolving around them as much and like all of these extracurricular activities. It was a season where, um, gosh, what was I going to say? It was just, it just, the, the season made sense for me. If I was going to like really pour myself into this, this was the season to do it. Work was a little, work volume was less, work intensity was less. All these other things were less, which gave me the ability to pour more into my training and really dial up my athlete brain. Um, And now that we're into September, I have a lot of work events coming up. My coach course is relaunching in October. Like there are things that I really need to shift my focus back into now. So I don't have to be as athlete brain into performance and I can leverage that back into work. I can leverage that back into being a high performer in my family, in my business, et cetera. And I think that when people can start like utilizing it in different ways, instead of just for sports, you will be so much happier. You will have a lot more um, sustainability with that kind of mindset and high performer people they naturally kind of do this already, but again, it can come with a lot of uh, self-sabotaging experiences where uh, we feel like we're never doing enough or it's too much. And then we're overwhelmed and uh, maybe like struggle with boundaries. And then you like, you shut down, 
you're overwhelmed and then just shut down or you withdraw or whatever it might be. So again, it's being able to keep your finger on the pulse of like, what is the root of your decisions? What are we trying to focus on? How can we improve? Um, and what needs grace and what needs more focus? What needs a bigger kick in the ass? And that is something that only you can answer, but the earlier you're able to recognize a season of life that you're in and how to leverage your mindset to work with you and not against you, the happier you will be and the more sustainable your efforts will become. And I can tell you that because this has been a journey that I have been on for a decade now of really trying to understand my internal motivations, what makes me tick, what works well, what's self-sabotaging, um, and how I can channel that in a lot more productive and positive ways instead of that downward spiral of um, just strong narratives that athlete brain can have when, when it's not checked. And athletic maturity is the ability to check some of those narratives and have like just a greater understanding and perspective, just this more mature perspective of what it means to, you know, like just live a high-performing lifestyle where you want to be successful, you want to achieve, you want to perform in all different ways, you want a high quality of life, and you're willing to work to make that happen, and you're willing and able to do it in a way that gives you a lot of adaptability and wiggle room to make it sustainable. It's an art. <laughs> it's something that, again, I am still trying to figure out. I still see have shit come up for me, new shit come up for me. I'm in my mid thirties. I got a lot going on and I'm still, I get chilled by athlete brain. Now this is literally my job <laughs> to talk about this. And it's still something, you know, through these experiences that troll me where you look for validation from yourself, from others, where you want to feel like you're doing enough and you question if you're doing enough and you get really frustrated with yourself. Um, and it's just, it can create so many negative emotions or the athletic maturity side is this is making me better, or I maybe need a day off to reset my brain, or I need to have a conversation with somebody, coach, a training partner, somebody who like gets it right. A friend who just gets it like where you're able to sit with your uncomfortable emotions and experiences and know what your next right thing is to improve your experience so that you don't go down that rabbit hole of self-sabotaging thoughts, behaviors, whatever it might be. Um, you're just able to check it so much sooner and so much faster. And again, this shows up in a lot of ways. It's not just performance and physical output. It can be your body image and it can be gosh, just like all the different areas, we things that we do with our belief systems surrounding motherhood, um, food, whatever it might be. God, like literally it, it shifts into all aspects of our existence. And there's so many different opportunities to improve our experience when we can A, recognize our athlete brain tendencies and B, zoom out and be able to tap into um, our athletic maturity to help create a much healthier and sustainable way of thinking, behaving, and honestly, just our own belief systems about ourselves and about what we're putting out into the world. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you relate, if you learned something, if you liked it, 
I would love it if you could leave a review. That's what helps get this information out there into the world. And if you have ever considered becoming a pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach, coaches need you. They are, excuse me, like athletes need coaches who get them, who know how to support them. And it, again, it's not just by prescribing different exercises, X's and O's. No, they need to know that you get them and you see them at a very fundamental level, at a very humanistic level. You understand their motivations, you understand their fears, you understand their belief systems, and you're there to support them, educate them, and guide them through different seasons that will be very challenging for people with athlete brain, pregnancy, and postpartum. So if that is something that you feel called to do, something you want to learn more about, I would love to have you become a pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. You can get on the wait list to save $500 and the link will be in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Practice Brave podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and help us spread the work we are doing to improve the overall information and messaging in the fitness industry and beyond. Now, if you are pregnant and you are looking for a trustworthy exercise program to follow, I have you covered. The Pregnant Athlete Training Program is a well-rounded program for pregnancy with workouts for each week that are appropriate for your changing body. That's 36 weeks of workouts, three to four workouts each week, and tons of guidance on exercise strategy. We also have an at-home version of that program. If you are postpartum and you're looking for an exercise program to follow, the eight-week postpartum athlete training program would be a really great way to help bridge the gap between rehab and the fitness you actually want to do. From there, we have the Practice Brave Fitness Program, which is an ongoing strength conditioning program where you get new workouts each week and have a lot of guidance from myself and my co-coach, Heather Osby. This is the only way that I'm really offering ongoing coaching at this point in time. If you have ever considered becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach, I would love to have you join us. Pregnancy and postpartum athleticism is a self-paced online certification course that will up-level your coaching skills and help connect the dots between pelvic health and long-term athletic performance, especially during pregnancy and postpartum. Become who you needed and become who your online and local community needs by becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. Thank you again for listening to the Practice Brave podcast. I appreciate you and please help me continue spreading this messaging, this information and this work. Mm -hmm.